Well, uh, today I want to, I want to, it's a one-off, it's not a series. Next week we start a new series called, well, maybe I'll wait. I don't know if I should tell you yet. It's called More Than Enough, and we start that next, uh, next uh, Sunday morning. But today uh, we're talking about this year, 2024, and uh, I get, I usually get a word every year, um, like Pastor Brianna, but usually it's for the church, and the word this year is more. Can everybody say more in 2024? Wait, it rhymes. So today you're probably wondering, what's, what's Pastor Landon mean, more? Um, I don't know if you are like me, but at the end of Christmas, you pack up all this stuff and put it away, right? You have a spot, maybe a shed in your garage, um, and maybe you feel out of sorts because there's so much stuff. Anybody with me on that one? You're like, I got to go to Lowe's and buy more of those totes. Listen, I went to Walmart first, and they didn't fit right. So I took them back, and I went to Lowe's and got the real ones. You know, the black and yellow ones? Yeah, the real ones. But, man, there was so much stuff. I'm like, okay, I'm not just going to put away Christmas. I'm going to organize the whole garage. And with three kids, especially two under two, that is very difficult. So I'm not done yet. But I found all sorts of random things. There's way too much in there. And you know what? I don't need any more of that kind of stuff. This year we're talking about more of God, more of the things of God, more of the Word of God, more of His presence, more time in worship, more time in prayer. That's what we're talking about today. I don't need more things in my life, right? You know that the average, um, you know in America, 78% of people live paycheck to paycheck, you're like, well, Pastor Landon, that's the economy. I believe I don't think it's all of the economy. I think it's because we all need all this stuff. We're like, well, my neighbor has this stuff, and this person has this. I need to, I need to have the next best, greatest thing, right? But all those things go away eventually. We need more of the Lord. What we really need is Jesus. When I think more, I think of the word abundance. Can we say abundance? Abundance. And when I think of the word abundance, I think of the word love. And then when I think of the word love, I think of the term that God is what? Love. And you know what? He has an abundance. He has more than enough love for you that you would ever need, ask, or imagine. It's good news, isn't it? That's really good news. But you're like, Pastor Landon, God's love is kind of out there somewhere, here, there, in me, wherever. How can I get more? I don't understand this idea. Well, it's like at Christmas time or whenever, you have to receive the more. You have to be a receiver of what God has for you. You have to say, God, what do you have for me? What have I been too busy 
to receive, what maybe my garage or my or like my life is so cluttered and busy and full of stuff that I haven't been able to receive what God has for me. Maybe all of the totes in your garage in your life, right? Here's a metaphor for you, are full. And God's saying, listen, you need to take it out to that blue dumpster in your front yard and dump all of that out because I want to fill your life full of all of these amazing things. I want to give you more in 2024. So how do we do that? We empty all of the rooms, all of the totes, all of the things in our life that don't line up with God's will. And then we have room for him to say, okay, you're ready for me now? You're ready to receive what I have for you? Here you go. You've made the room. You've made the space. Here's the abundance I'm going to give you this year. And I'm not talking about things. Some of it could come in things. You might need a car. You might need a house. You might need a place to live. You might need a job. Guess what? God can take care of all those things. We're going to talk about that next week. But I am talking about these spiritual things that God has for you that will change your life for eternity. And God has more for you this year. You know, we have a... In my house, I'm kind of partially a minimalist. Anybody kind of partially a minimalist? Just parts of your house? Well, we moved into this house. There's a place where the table goes, and then there's this front room that most people call the formal dining room. Well, we don't do any formal dining at my house. There's no formal dining happening. So last year, uh, we put a piano in the formal dining room. It's the front room in the house. It's part of the living room, so there's only three walls. The front window, the, this wall, this wall. The, the piano's here. But guess what's in the other part of the formal dining room? Nothing. It's awesome. There was a tree there for a couple weeks, but it's gone. It's all packed up in the totes. But there's these three walls. One wall has a piano. The other two walls have nothing on them. And Tara and I kind of look at it every so often. We're like, we should put this over there. We should try this. We even put a couch there one time. It looked awful. It didn't fit. And we moved it to the back room where everything goes at our house. But you know what I love about that space? It gives us a chance to dream about what we should do there. It gives us space to imagine what we want there. Imagine your life with some empty spaces that God will say, hey, listen, you've got this empty space now. You finally aren't watching Netflix three hours a day. Then I can do something in your life. You're listening now. I can do abundant things in you. I can do more in you. I feel like our culture, every little nook and cranny of our life, our culture is trying to put stuff in there, right? Social media, Netflix, or whatever you watch, our jobs. Like, man, they get in the way, don't they? Those thing called jobs. Man, some things are good, but we try to, 
we try to pack everything. And I, re- I know that over the, over the uh, Christmas break, uh, there's days where, like, what are we going to do today? I'm like, can we just stay home and do nothing? Praise the Lord. Right? We try to put so much stuff in. And that's the same with our culture, our life. Oh, that wall is empty. You know what? We've lived at our house two and a half years, and there's multiple walls that have nothing on them. Why? Because my wife doesn't just roll up to Hobby Lobby. Listen, I don't want to offend any of the ladies, okay? But there's another 20,000 women who have the same sign on their wall. We don't need to just fill up the walls of our life. We can leave them empty for a little bit because God will come in and fill them with these amazing things. And we're going to talk about this to that today. In John, I don't have the scripture up here, but in John 3.30 or 3.31, I think it says, more of him, less of me. And I was talking to some friends before church and say, hey, do you guys have any uh, New Year's resolutions? And they were really good. And uh, I love making New Year's resolutions. My only New Year's resolution is to make space for God. More of him, less of me. When we make more space for him, look at this. It's our main scripture. It's on the other side of this wall here. When you walk into church, you see it every Sunday. You pass by it. You may not have read it before, but it's Romans 15, 13. And it says this. May the God of hope fill you. Everybody say fill. How is he going to fill you if you are already full with other things? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. What if you're full of anxiety? So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Wouldn't it be amazing that this year God would fill you with joy and hope and peace and that now you're not just full yourself, you are overflowing into the people around you into the church family around you, into your family, into your neighbors, into your friends. Isn't that what we're called to do as believers, is to overflow the love of God, his peace and hope? Let's pray. We go into this. Lord, thank you so much today for your word. The Bible says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And Lord, I just pray that today you would give us wisdom through your word. Help me to get out of the way and make room and space for what you want to say today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So I want to talk uh, today about this prayer that Paul had. Uh, and it's in, it's in the middle of Ephesians. Ephesians 3, if you want to open up your Bible there. In Ephesians 3, and maybe I didn't get the scripture. I may have not have added the scripture. I'm sorry. But if you want to open up to Ephesians 3, 16 to 18. And I'll read this for you today. It'll be part of our main scripture for today. It says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long, and high, and deep is the love of Christ. If you want to have more, 
of God in 2024, what shall you do? Well, the first one, you need to be rooted and established. Everybody say rooted and established. You think of roots, you think of the trees in your yard or the orange trees in the grove. They have a root system that grows down deep, gets all the nutrients out of the soil, and it holds them up in the storms that come by, and they're rooted. It's a horticulture term dealing with plants. Established. Everybody say established. Or E-S-T dot, and then you could like, you know, you know, the McAllister family established in 2005. We've been married. This year will be 19 years. Yeah, 19 years. And we've been here at New Hope eight years. We're going for 10. We're going for 12, 18, who knows how many, whatever the Lord says, right? But we were established. So established is also an architectural term. Building and structure meaning founded. It's founded upon. It talks about um, the base, right, of the building. And so these two terms are going together. Followers of Jesus are, need to be rooted in God's love. Everything that we are about, everything that where we start, where we're founded, where we're established, needs to be out of the overflow, out of the abundance of God's love. And if it's not, how are we supposed to survive as believers? Amen? The plants are deep-rooted in the soil. Being established in his love is like building with a strong foundation laid on a solid rock. So if we're going to follow Jesus in 2024, we need to be rooted in him. And we need to be found. We need to be established on his solid rock. Right? You look in the scripture, you see... You know, the sandy soil, right? They built their house on this, this sandy place. And the winds came and the winds blew and it, and it tore the house apart because they weren't established or founded on the right foundation. And then the wise builder built his house on where? A rock. And the winds came and the, the, it blew and storms came in. And guess what? They were still there. Church, maybe today you're like, I've built my house on a rock. Amen. Maybe in 2023 you say, you know what? I started building some of the foundation on sand, and I feel like part of this is going to collapse. It's not too late. Right? You're here today breathing. There's blood pumping through your veins. It's not too late to establish and root yourself in Jesus, in his love. Amen. Both metaphors symbolize depth, right? Because in our world, uh, it's very shallow, isn't it? If you look at the news or social media, things have become so shallow, right? Let me get the photo at just the right angle. I look so much better here. Oh, there we go. Everybody ready for our...
I got to get I got to get my photo. But if we're going to grow, we need to be rooted and established. But guess what? Some of us are rooted and established. We just may not be rooted and established in the right places. Maybe where our roots are like, well, it's in my family. It's in my relationships. It's in what I own or my possessions or my money. But as we root ourselves and we establish ourselves in the Lord, we will grow and we will have more in 2024. The second one I thought about, and this one's, I'm going to walk through all four dimensions that Paul talked about in his prayer. The second one is to grasp how wide, long, high, and deep the love of God is. Have you ever thought about God's love? Probably a lot of us, right? Like, how does God do it? There's seven billion people on the planet. How is, how is his love so abundant? And I love that Paul, the writer here in Ephesus, tells us that there's dimensions to God. Paul asked, can you understand, can you grasp together as a community every dimension of God's love? How wide? How long, how high, how deep is the love of God? I was, t- I was uh, the last week, anybody watched the live stream last week? I was talking about we're going to go deeper and wider this year. Someone texted me like, Pastor Landon, I hope I don't grow wider this year. <laughs> I'll go deeper, but I don't know about wider. I was like, not that kind of wide. But Paul wanted them to know is by experience that he sees and feels the dimensions of God's love in his life. And guess what? We can too. Amen? Spurgeon says it this way. Charles Spurgeon says, In this measurement, may you and I be skilled. If we know nothing of mathematics, may we be well-tutored scholars in this spiritual geometry and be able to comprehend the breadths and lengths of Jesus' precious love. What does this mean? How wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ? This means that Jesus has multiple dimensions of love for you and for me. He has dimensions and it can be measured. To Paul, it was real and substantial, the love of Christ. And as we start a brand new year, could we just grasp just a little bit of his love for us? Can we take into account, I love what Pastor Brianna said, she, she looked back over 2023 and she, she started looking at the notes and said, look what God did here, look what God he, did here. Guess what she was doing? She was seeing God's love. She was going back and being thankful, look what God did here. Look at his dimensions of love, how deep, how wide, how high. 
look at his love for me. And so I want to go, go through these. God's love has width. Everybody say width. Good job. You're really good at this. So um, where I grew up, there's a, really, there's a really wide river where I grew up. It's called the St. John River and, uh, in New Brunswick, Canada. Not St. John's, but just St. John. There's just w- one of them. Um, and it's really wide, and it gets wider and wider and wider, and then goes out to the Atlantic Ocean. But guess what? I can see across the river. I can get on a bridge and go across the river to the other side. Well, his river goes on and on and on. That's how wide it is. You, can, you can't see the other side. It covers over a multitude of places and spaces. God's river of love is so wide that it covers over, guess what? Our sin. That's how wide the love of Christ is for you and for me. That everything that we did wrong, every mark that we have missed, the width of his love covered over it. I think we should celebrate that for a minute. Amen? It covers over every circumstance of our life so that all things work together for the good. When I doubt his forgiveness and his providence, I am narrowing his mighty river. Well, I don't know if God can cover this one. Ah, I don't know if God can take this one. I'm, I'm, I'm making his river narrower. I'm becoming narrow-minded. No, no, no. God's river is wider than you can see, and it covers over everything for you, and for me. His love is wide as the word, as the world, right? How do we know this? For God so loved the, that's how wide his love is. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting Life. So when you see that word wide in there again, you can imagine this river that goes around the world. His love is so wide it covers the world. God's love has length. When considering the length of God's love, ask yourself, when did the love of God start towards me? It says in Psalms, it says that he knit us together in our mother's womb. Did it start then? I think it started before then. He knew who you were before you were who you are. And his love is long. And it continues and continues and continues. The truth measures the length of God's love. Jeremiah 31.3 says this. The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Church, guess what? God's love for you is everlasting. 
it goes on and on and on. Longer than the, what was it, the Duracell battery, right? It just keeps going and going and going. His love is forever. It's hard to imagine, isn't it? Because we're, we live in this physical world where there's a beginning, there's a middle, and that there's an end. In God's kingdom, that math doesn't compute. His love is everlasting. His relationship with you can be everlasting. All we have to do is follow him, and he gives us an everlasting life where we can be with him forever. And it keeps going and going and going. The, the third one is God's love has depth. Everybody say depth. Did good again. I don't have, I don't, uh, do I have Philippians 2, 7, and 8? There it is. Look at this. Philippians 2, 7, and 8 tells how deep his love for us is. Look at this. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. I don't know about you, but that's a deep love for you. And we're going to do communion here in a little bit. And we're going to commemorate that moment. We're going to remember that moment. We're going to take communion together. How much more could we ask for How much deeper could his love be? The Bible even talks about he went even physically deeper, well, or spiritually. He went and grabbed the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He was put in a tomb. How much deeper could it be? God's love has height. Unlike me. How high does his love go? Ephesians 2, 6 and 7 says it this way. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us. Look at this. With him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Look at this, church. He raised us up and seated us beside him. Who are we that we are able to be that close to the King of kings and the Lord of lords? But what he did in the depths was to raise us up to be with him and to rule and reign with him. To come down on any understanding of the dimensions of God, we must come to the cross. Right? You see the cross here? We've got one here if you can't see that far. We've got four points on the cross. The cross pointed in these four different ways. 
essentially in every direction because this, God's love is wide enough to include every person. Isn't that amazing? That every person can be, has the opportunity to be included. New Hope Church is not an exclusive club. You don't have to buy a membership like you do at Costco to come to New Hope Church. You can just show up. Isn't that good? This is not a cruise ship. This is a gospel ship, amen? And so remember that this year that, that everyone is included and everybody can come and be here. Now, I want to give props to this section right here. You almost have it full. We've got a couple more seats. You're doing really good, okay? We've got about 10 seats left. Fill it up. This section, a little bit, you know, a little bit less, but that's okay. It can, it can do some work. Brings, yeah. I'm not taking, I took, already took 10 seats out of that section this morning, so come on, come on section. And this one looks really good too. You're all doing so good, these sections. But God's love is wide enough to include every person. God's love is long enough to last through all eternity. How does that work? We talked about this eternity idea back uh, near the end of last year. And God has eternity for us, and his love will last throughout all of eternity. God's love is deep enough to reach the worst of sinners. God's love is high enough to take us to heaven. And then here's the last one. Number three, immeasurably more. Everybody say more. Immeasurably more. At the end of this prayer, at the end of this time, Paul says this. Look at this, Ephesians 3, 20 to 21. It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church. Do I have that one? I apologize. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. You know that God can do immeasurably more than you could ask or imagine. So maybe you have a list of prayer requests. Lord, fix my marriage. Lord, bless my kids. Lord, heal this person. Lord, take care of these things. Take care of this this year. He can do. But he says, now to him who is able. Do you know that God is able? You know that God is able to do all of these things? He is able. But I, I started studying this scripture, and what I felt like God spoke to me, and I feel like He's speaking to us as a church, He's able. But will you make the space to receive immeasurably more? Will you rid yourself of all of the clutter? 
all of the nonsense, all of the things that shouldn't be there. And make space to receive the immeasurably more. You're like Pastor Landon. I just, I am a Christian. I just, I just get it all. Now, this isn't a, oh, do good works and God will give you this type of sermon. I don't do those. If you've been around long enough, it's like, well, if you do this, then God will do this. No, but if my daughter doesn't show up on Christmas morning to receive her gifts. She's not going to get her gifts. She's sleeping in her room. She didn't even come out, right? So church, son and daughters of the king, will you show up this year? Will you come out of your room and receive the gifts that God has for you? Because if you do, guess what? He'll give you immeasurably more than you could ask or imagine. And he is more than able. but you have to be positioned to do that. And that might just be clearing out a tote in your heart, getting your heart right with the Lord. God's like, he's tapping you on the shoulder. You know what it is. And then look what it says. According to his power, that is at work within us. Are you allowing the power also to work in you? Amen. I believe God's going to do it this year. So can you bow your heads just for a moment? Could you reflect on this? Maybe God spoke to you about something in this message. We just take about 60 seconds and either listen or maybe you've already heard something say, God, I want to get rid of these things in my life to make space for you. Lord, I want to receive what, what you have to give. I want to make room. Let's just spend that time for a moment.